This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So just reminding you of what they term the Tsaba Tsaba music of uh, Sophia Town. We're here listening to Dolira Tebe there, whose music uh, and musicology really flourished in her Sophia Town uh, days as well, singing with the elite sisters. <laughs> I've heard my aunt say the elite sisters. Okay, the elite sisters uh, and many, many other Great, great vocalists, Maria Mageba, the Mary Blackbirds, the Manhattan Brothers, the Jazz Mechanics, uh, poets like Don Matera calling Sophia Town home. And to a large extent, Sophia Town said to be really where the melting pot of cultures, of traditions, of creativity created something brand new, birthed a whole new urbane identity and culture for Johannesburg as we know it. A history obviously born of forced removals and very, very uncomfortable politics, as was referenced at the start of that Laguchoni Langa song, you know, where people were destined to be cheap enslaved labor, as it were, in South Africa, cheap labor for the most part, but something beautiful emerges from that degradation and that danger, which is culture. And many people saying Sophia Town is the epicenter of the culture we now know as Johannesburg. When you when you when 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 people from Joburg go to Durban or Kimberley or Cape Town People intrinsically know, they automatically know that you're from Johannesburg. And it's something about the swag, the way you carry yourself, the way you move. And people saying all of that has its DNA in Sophia Town. And the reason why we're paying tribute to Sophia Town on this culture corner is because at the start of February, the Junction Avenue Theatre Company uh, will be opening the multi-award winning drama musical known as Sophia Town. And you'll be able to see it uh, coming through uh, in Johannesburg on your stages. Born of the original Sophia Town uh, at the Marker Theatre making its return there. We're joined by Steve Gwena Mugwena who's a cultural uh, activist, a curator at the Robben Island Museum and also the founder of the African Freedom Station in Sophia Town. And that is Steve, good day. Hey, how are you? Fine, thank you. And it's so lovely to be hearing from you. And I was, I said to the team, where is he? And they said, no, he's not always just in Sophia Town. He's also the brains behind the center of memory um, uh, that is the Robben Island Museum. So uh, I hope Cape Town is good to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. So when people say Sophia Town is really the roots of 
Johannesburg, the culture, the identity, the swag. What do they mean by that? I think, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, thank you very much for, 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 for this time, for the space, and for remembering this precious place in our kind of black history. Uh, so Firetown, because it's a space Oh, Abuti Steve, your line is not holding up very well there. It must be those ocean currents and winds uh, at Robben Island. Let's try again. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, much better. Okay. So why is why is Sophia Town the center of uh, the evolution of a local Jobur culture? Sophia Town produced so many beautiful people and so many great artists across disciplines from musicians to painters uh, to poets to writers. And it was also, I think what was more important about it is it was the promise of a democratic, multicultural existence in a new city mm. uh, that was then coming up against apartheid and the, that the segregationist mm-hmm. uh, uh, policies that then led to its obliteration. But in there, we have all the nuggets and all the roots of the beauty that Africans brought with them into the city. I do love that. So if we were to compare to an international experience, for instance, then it sounds to me like Sophia Town is kind of, in many cities, the bohemian center for the artists, the artists, the activists. It's, it's a Soho, it's a Tribeca, it's that sort of thing for Johannesburg. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think those who lived there um, and who, who came to write about it, like Professor Askiam Pashele, mm-hmm. like Blok Mudisani, and they spoke of it as like a Harlem, uh, with the Harlem Renaissance that was taking right. place. If you listen to that, that in that clip that you introduced the show, you hear that there was a connection right here between what's happening in the United States and what's happening in South Africa. Um, I just picked up in the Guardian newspaper that they also talked about it as the Chicago of South Africa. So there was something quite strident, Quite, quite beautiful and powerful mm-hmm. that black South Africans were creating out of the mess that apartheid mm-hmm. was creating in their lives at that time. And it created the basis for what is now known worldwide as South African culture. Everybody knows Yuma Sikela. Everybody knows Abdullah Ibrahim. Everybody knows Miriam Makeba. And everybody knows Don Matera. And I can go on and yeah. on. There are children in schools everywhere reading about Sophia Town, but in Johannesburg, Sophia Town is still a little, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a sad memory that is yeah. yet to come alive. Okay, so let's talk about two things that you've mentioned. When you talk about the the artistic greats in music, um, in poetry, in literature, uh, even Sophia Town had two movie houses. We're told the Belensky and the more upscale Odin Cinema. So even there, uh, dramatists, thespians, they were all in Sophia Town, but they were also multiracial, multicultural. You talk about, um, they call him Dollar Brand, Abdullah Ibrahim. Uh, You've referenced him, okay? So we are talking somebody who's got that Malay, Arabic, Islamic influence next to Hugh Masigela, black and cosmopolitan. Uh, I know Trevor Huddleston ran a church there. So everyone was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think so far, 
this place was was unique because it, it was a it was a freehold space where the, one of the few places where blacks could actually buy and occupy land right. in the city, uh, and that and 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 so people who needed space in the city and who came from different backgrounds all got together in that space and it was delightful for that matter. My parents grew up in a place close by called Western Native Township. Mm. And after the great removals that started in 55, mm-hmm. they brought with them memories of things that they had lost. And one thing that they'd lost was the ability to coexist with other people of different cultures, yeah. of different tongues, mm. to listen to music from all over. And they were now placed in places where they we grew up in a Sutu section and other people would grow up in a Zulu section. Sure. So, so Firetown was the antithesis of that. It was a future projection of people living out their wildest and their most beautiful dreams without change, Mm -hmm. but it was destroyed. Yeah, okay. So it is a place of cultural cohesion and coexistence and tolerance. Um, So these things that we're being implored to tap into in 2023 are not foreign to us. People have been coexisting across racial, cultural, religious lines. But in 1955, the head of the South African state, D.F. Malan, sends 2,000 policemen armed with uh, stun guns and rifles uh, to go in there and not just destroy, but to forcibly remove people from this melting pot into areas of resettlement and segregation. So very traumatic exit, very violent exit, and into a, something very foreign is what you're describing, is that you've been living with your colored and Indian uh, neighbors, and now suddenly you're told, look at yourself in the mirror, you're a black man, and not just that, you're a Musutu man. And people had not really uh, viewed themselves in that way just the day before. Yeah. Yes, and, I, and 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 what happened also culturally was 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 a bit of a cataclysm because people who were in the same bands couldn't be in the same bands anymore. People could not perform for multiracial or cross-racial uh, audiences anymore. Mm. People could not sing about certain things anymore. Um, poets and, and and painters were probably some of the most vulnerable of artists because if you're a poet you 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 write down what you're thinking and most of what poets think in circumstances of oppression is taken for resistance and therefore uh, they become arrested and they become and people have to keep mum you can imagine painters who try to externalize their sense of what it means to be a human being. People like uh, Gerard Secoto, mm-hmm. people like George Pemba, who who lived in Sophia Town. If you uh, if, if if you want to see and know somehow what's in this memory, look at the at the paintings of both painters that I've spoken yeah. about, and you'll see there that there's a deep capacity and competence and ability mm-hmm. to speak for oneself but you are mm. almost always being denied and pushed down. Oh. And and really, when you say Johannesburg culture, you're talking about African culture that coalesces in Johannesburg to articulate itself mm. all the way from Maradi, past jazz, to Mama Piano. You're talking about a very powerful thing of human beings having to express themselves in the city. I do like that. So let's talk about the music because... Um, 
in Sophia Town, a kind of an indigenous jazz uh, emerged. Yes, strongly influenced, we're told, by um, uh, three-step music of, 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 of the Americans, but it took on its own flair. Explain to us how we then create our own sound and what is that sound? When people say Zaba Zaba, what are they saying? Yeah, I think this is where you really have to probably go, go and talk to the experts in terms of musicologists and other people. My knowledge really comes from uh, dancing when the adults were dancing and feeling and listening to what the music that made them say words like chore. And that music uh, has a lineage. It came out of Kuela, and before that it came out mm. of Maradi. Mm. And that confluence of music that starts off the sound of what we think of as Johannesburg music, you know? Uh, oh, wow. Now, when you're talking about, uh, you're really talking about an African music that meets Western instrumentation and begins to express itself with the eloquence of players like Makay Davashe, uh, players like Kipi Mweketi, who yeah. many of whom still regard as one of the greatest innovators on the saxophone. So our music itself, our African music, begins to co- coexist and it's fired up by this music that comes out of America. But every picture that you see, and when you listen to the music, you realize that was the dance music of the time. Yeah. That is how people grooved. Um, it wasn't the kind of toe-tapping music that you listen to at home. People got together in public space to dance to this music in places like uh, like the uh, Odin Cinema and other places. And uh, there are still places in downtown Johannesburg, uh, like Dokey House, yeah. that have a historical pedigree, but you will not read that history because it's not obvious in yeah. the, how the city curates itself, you okay. know, and in the stories that are untold. So you, you're talking of a music that even today, when you listen to the players of the music today, and the music that really starts off with that album, verse one, mm. with Brahu, mm. Dade Jonas, Abdullah Ibrahim, yeah. uh, Makai and Choko in 1960, the first jazz album to come out of the continent is recorded by these men. Uh, and, 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 but that becomes a gateway for them to go around the world yeah. playing African music. Okay. If you think about it, what they then do, the songs they sing, they sing in their tongues, what Miriam yeah. does, what Brayu does, and what we do and the rest of them are doing today, mm. the continuity, uh, it's really bringing African song to global stage. I love this. Okay, and obviously you've now referenced, you know, people would meet up at the Odin Cinema. So, you know, I'm sitting here naively thinking, oh, it's a theatre house. And you're saying it's it's a dance house. It's a meeting place in as much as it's a place of storytelling. So tell us about those institutions. Yeah, I think but I think cinema was very powerful in that in that in, 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 in that time. I think what's really interesting is also if you think about style, what people wore, how mm. they talked, mm. uh, what they called themselves, the gangsters that they mimicked, it all was influenced <laughs> by cinema. And I think if you think about the high time probably of cinema is probably in, in the sixties and then later in the seventies, uh, what in terms of what what how that mode of cultural expression is very mm. close to black folk at that time and affects their lives. Um, okay. and, but at the same time, spaces, other spaces of gathering uh, where people got together to kind of have a drink and talk um, 
were plentiful as they should be and as they are in a vibrant city. So in, in, in Sofiatan, you had a very strong Shabin culture. You had spaces that have now been eulogized like uh, Kentemba's House of Truth. Mm-hmm. You have another Shabin that used to be called 39 Steps. And, you know, Sofiatan is complex in memory because it glitters beautifully in our heads mm. like a space of poetry, song mm. and dance and beautiful things. Yes, it was. But it was also a slum with not a lot of electricity, not a lot of uh, sanitation, and sometimes Mm. a lot of dangerous people um, in the street as well. So the best way to probably celebrate the fire town is to celebrate how people left us with beautiful things, even in that chaos. I do like it. So you're saying we must be careful about romanticizing Sophia Town as just this beautiful you know, uh, crucible of culture. It was also a place of gangsterism, crime. Uh, and as you're saying, slums, uh, one of the biggest sewage dump was built near the area, which is why initially why people didn't want to live there. And then once it was cleared up, they came back again. So there was also a lot of that kind of poverty and filth and crime and an underbelly to it. So let's talk about that one, because we hear that gangs that came out of... Um, Sophia Town somehow influenced, yeah, what we see as the underbelly today. You know, the term the Russians, Marashia, the Americans, the Gestapo. I find that interesting. Berliners yeah. were all were all gangs in Sophia Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I think, I, I think also, I think it's the, the, the stories of gangs in, in in the city are as old as the city itself. As soon <laughs> as uh, people were dragged into the city to become laborers. Some people had to find other ways of existing, mm. and the story of gangs is a very, very, very powerful one. Um, now, a lot of what we have to understand about the apartheid of the 20th century mm. is that that is an apartheid. There is a system that says you only exist in cities and you only exist in urban spaces for as long as you are in the employ of white people. If you're not, you are supposed to be flung back into some sort of famished rural countryside. So existing in the city is already somewhat a precarious criminal affair unless you've got a pass, which is Mm. also not a very easy thing for people to get. Mm. So a lot of people who are looking for a way of living, surviving, making life happen, as it is the case today, a lot of people find themselves in places like Sophiatown. And... There is something in the mix of human survival, resistance, and fighting against power that gangs that come up in Sophia Town are also coming up as a, an instrument, perhaps, or a chosen modality of resisting white power. Mm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily, it is not powerful and strong enough. But what does get born in Sophia Town? And what does get strengthened is the resistance politics of the 1950s, of of, of, the, right. of when the ANC is radicalized by the birth of the mm-hmm. of the youth league, the careers of the strident young Nelson Mandela, the careers of people like Walter Sisulu, those are actually sharpened in the streets of Sophia Town. Uh, the very year that Sophia Town is bulldozed is the very year that uh, the Freedom Charter is, 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 is written, yeah. you know. So there's, there's 
So when you're thinking, when you're thinking about the song, the dance, the fashion, the gang, yeah. the politics, uh, we would think about now in that, that Sophia Town was a stage for the expression of some of the deepest okay. wishes of our ancestors. Okay, and so as we say goodbye to you, we do know that things turned in 1955, a very traumatic, violent, forced removal and really a cementing of apartheid-era spatial racial ethnic uh, divisions and urban planning, if you can even call it urban planning um, and group areas acts. But what didn't leave? What, despite everything that happened politically, what stayed in the DNA of people coming from Sophia Town and was passed on to the rest of us who are now Joe Burgers? I am so happy that you asked that question. What is, what is said is, is is our ability to create in this city and to express ourselves beautifully. As I speak to you, we have reopened the African Freedom Station, mm. and, and and this Freedom Station is a. Uh, Oh, no, we did not just lose Steve Mugwena, curator at Robben Island Museum and also the founder of the African Freedom Station in Sophia Town, um, a place of learning and music and artistry where artists can just come and uh, meet and collaborate for free, is my understanding, sitting there listening to vinyls and recreating music at the Africa Freedom Station. I think there's no point in trying to get him back on the line because we just have a few minutes left. Uh, but I guess Sophia Town, uh, in everything about it, good is creativity, resistance, expression. Bad is thuggery, gangsterism. Uh, but great is the transcendent ability to overcome how other people will perceive you. And if there's one thing about my town, Joburg, is that we are just such a fearless, dynamic people. I go to Cape Town a lot. I even used to live in Cape Town. I went to school there. And one of the things when a Joe Burger arrives in Cape Town, the Cape Townians know. Because you know what? Sabi Mundutina, we just are. And I think if anything, Sophia Town gave us exactly that is walk into a space and colonize it instead of allowing people to colonize you. And for that, we say thank you, Sophia Town. It was a place I knew where my dreams came through until they broke down, Sophia Town. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.